This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Listen to one of this year's top true crime podcasts. Unknown Subject, Season 3 of WTOP's American Nightmare podcast is out now on all podcast platforms. Anonymous expectations. DC's mayor goes to bat for her embattled 911 call center director in Southeast East. Good morning. Good morning. Welcome in 4 o'clock on WTOP. Is CBS News on the Hour, sponsored by Dell Small Business. I'm Mayor Rubin in New York. At the World Cup, it's a winner go home match today for Team USA. They play the Netherlands. Our Roxana Saberi is in Qatar. Journalist Grant Wall says the U.S. still has a chance. The U.S. has gotten to this point before, but pretty rare to get beyond it. I don't think this U.S. team fears any other team in the tournament. And U.S. star Christian Pulisic, injured in the win over Iran, has been clear to play today. The latest jobs report is a good news, bad news scenario. The Fed's, the Fed's aggressive, aggressive rate hikes are not doing the trick. The trick. As, the As the economy keeps stubbornly adding new jobs. Bankrate.com's Mark Hamrick. Growth and payrolls, and payrolls top expectations with a November gain of 263,000. And, and October's level was revised higher by 23,000 jobs to 284,000. D.C.'s favorite holiday tradition makes its triumphant return to the Kennedy Center. The National Symphony Orchestra performing Handel's glorious Messiah. This year's joyous concerts feature celebrated Italian maestro Fabio Biondi and four stellar singers, along with the Choral Arts Society of Washington. Let the sheer beauty of Messiah reawaken your spirit. December 15th through 18th in the festively decorated concert hall. Tickets at nationalsymphony.org. WTOP at 401. It's Saturday morning, December 3rd, 2022. We're looking for morning rain to give way to a clearing sky later on today. Breezy, warm, high of 63. 47 you're waking up to right now. Good morning to you. I'm Dean Lane. We thank you for taking us along for your early morning ride. Topping the local stories we're looking at for you as we head into this weekend morning Saturday together. An FBI agent shot and wounded a man on a metro train. This happened nearly two years ago. Now a jury has delivered its verdict in the case. The incident was caught on video. A man approaches 38-year-old Eduardo Valdivia, an FBI agent, in a metro car on the red line. The incident escalates as words were exchanged, and Valdivia shoots and wounds the man. Friday afternoon, nearly two years after the shooting, a jury found Valdivia not guilty of four counts, including attempted second-degree murder. Montgomery County State's Attorney John McCarthy. The case centered on whether or not that was a reasonable course of action and was protected by law. Defense attorney Robert Bonsett. We have taken the same position. This is 100% self-defense. He was trying to save his life. And Bonsett said the jury clearly agreed. In Rockville, Kate Ryan, WTOP News. DNA evidence is once again helping police and families. This time it's locally in Fairfax County where a cold case victim has been identified after almost 30 years. The woman's body was found with stab wounds in Centerville in 1993, her name unknown until now. 
Sharon Kay, Abbott Lane. So this case always stumped detectives. Major Ed O'Carroll oversees Fairfax County's major crimes, cyber, and forensics bureau. 29 years ago, this her remains were discovered by some construction workers. Sharon was identified last month using DNA testing and genome sequencing, as well as the help from family. She was last seen in 1987. Her late father received an anonymous call about four years later that his daughter was dead. O'Carroll hopes anyone who may have known Lane or what happened will come forward. She died too young, too soon, and uh, there's a killer unaccounted for. Melissa Howell, WTOP News. WTOP at 4.03. Turning now to a follow-up to a story WTOP has been spearheading from the start all about the troubled D.C. crime lab. The city's auditor says that the internal oversight practices at the lab were broken and ineffective long before the lab lost its accreditation actually last year. This report further says that they have found fault with federal prosecutors in the D.C. Office of the Attorney General for going outside that process to launch an investigation that later turned up evidence of serious misconduct by lab workers. The report is out just ahead of the D.C. Council's first vote, expected to come next week on Tuesday, on a bill overhauling the forensic agency. The lab lost its accreditation to do all forensic casework last year and has not been able to actually process evidence itself since then and has been outsourcing DNA, guns, and other evidence to outside labs. D.C.'s 911 call center, meantime, has been plagued by errors, sometimes with deadly consequences in the end. But the mayor on this is pushing to get the one-time leader of that agency back in charge again. Whether that happens is still in question this morning. I know what I'm doing. Um, I have the credentials. But does Karima Holmes have the votes to be confirmed as the head of the city's Office of Unified Communications? Right now, she's the interim director of the office, which runs the city's 911 calls and has been plagued by several deadly mistakes that have seen responders sent to the wrong place and not always with the right urgency. Two months ago, it took 11 minutes and three calls before an ambulance was dispatched for a man suffering a heart attack. He later died. There are mistakes at OUC before I got there while I while I was here, but the first time um, we have less mistakes. We make less. We make changes. Um, but I do think that the criticism is unfair. It doesn't sound like the process in this case is being followed in its normal course. D.C. Council Chair Phil Mendelson says Mayor Muriel Bowser should nominate someone else. We've known this was going to happen for months now, and uh, there is an easier way out for the mayor. In Southeast D.C., John Dome in WTOP News. WTOP News time, now 4.06. As a professional musician, Lachi stays true to her creative vision, even with continuing vision loss from a growing hole in her eyesight. In time, Lachi could face the possibility of total blindness, but she's hopeful because she knows she's not alone. For 50 years, the Foundation Fighting Blindness has funded research into treatments and cures for blinding diseases, providing real hope to those fighting vision loss. And our nationwide community of local chapters provides networking and support for people with vision loss, as well as their loved ones, because the best way to fight against blinding diseases is to fight together. And for Lachi, winning means using her voice to bring hope with vision loss. The Foundation Fighting Blindness. Together, we're winning. Learn more about how you can help us end blinding diseases at fightingblindness.org. This is WTOP News. WTOP at 407. Is your kid's Christmas list stressing you out this season because your budget is tight? What a money expert says you need to tell your kids what's going on and... Have that talk with them. The money talk. All I want for Christmas. 
Yeah, kids want a lot more than that these days. And certified financial planner Greg Merced says avoiding talking about money with your kids is not helping them. I think you're crazy. Like, why? what are you protecting them from? Merced says let your kids earn money, get a debit card, and even buy stock. Why would you set your kid up for a big, fat surprise when they get to college to figure out that they're clueless? For more tips on how to talk to your kids about money, listen to the episode with Greg on the DMV Download Podcast. Kyle Cooper, WTOP News. In Washington, breaking news happens every day. This just in from Arlington. So can you really afford to miss even a single day of WTOP? We're hearing about an incident in Bethesda. Everything you need, every time you listen. WTOP News. You're with Dean Lane on WTOP. Saturday morning, December 3rd. Welcome to the weekend, everybody. We've made it 4.08 in the morning on WTOP. Glad you're Michael with us. Michael and Sons heating tune-up for only $69. Michael and Son. Traffic and weather on the 8s and when it breaks. Good morning to Ian Crawford in the WTOP Traffic Center. Hello there, Dino. Take a breather. I got it from here. We've got crash activity new to talk about in Maryland. This is going to be on Route 50. Eastbound after Annapolis, right before you get to the Chesapeake Bay Bridge, caller finds the crash activity with a truck apparently into the median, maybe up on the guardrail over on the left side. After Whitehall Drive, before you get to Oceanic Drive and Sandy Point State Park, it's going to be a single right lane to get by as the first responders start making the scene. Follow their lead to get around as you try to make your way onto the Bay Bridge eastbound. Once you get onto the Bay Bridge, two lanes east heading toward the bay, heading toward uh, the eastern shore. The westbounders, three lanes getting by, and you're not affected by the crash over on the eastbound side near Whitehall Drive. The rest of the Maryland roadway is actually fairly quiet now. Beltway is in good working order. 95 BW Parkway, nice and quiet. To our crash in the district on the Southeast Freeway, I-695, just after your decision point to go on to 695 or to continue on 395 into the 3rd Street Tunnel. On the right there at the decision point, crash activity was one sideways in the roadway. Single left lane getting by on I-695 as you proceed toward the 11th Street Bridge. If you're trying to get into the 3rd Street Tunnel, that's okay. Those ramps are open. Westbounders not affected by any of this. DC-295, I-295, incident-free. In Virginia, the work zones continue on the Capitol Beltway. The outer loop after the Legion Bridge, the left lane gets by. Interloop after Route 50, Arlington Boulevard, Exit 50. That's also one to the right to get by. There's the correct thing I'm supposed to read. Looking for a new car? The wait is over. Fitzgerald Auto Mall has hundreds of new and used cars to choose from. Visit FitzMall.com. Transparency you can trust. I'm Ian Crawford, WTOP Traffic. We've got rain that is pushing into the region, and we have a rather soggy forecast in store here for Saturday morning. Steady rain our way here, and it looks like that rain shower activity will continue through about lunchtime, tapering off to just some isolated showers in the afternoon. But it will turn windy throughout the midday with temperatures. Temperatures close to 60 degrees this afternoon. We're going to be much colder, though, heading into your day on Sunday with sunshine. Temperatures into the middle 40s and a wind chill at times that will be in the 20s and 30s. And then near 50 in dry conditions Monday. I'm Storm Team 4's Ryan Miller. Right now you're waking up to 49 degrees in College Park, 50. Fairfax, 49. On the National Mall, we're at 47 and holding in our nation's capital. 4 a.m. hour, Saturday morning, December 3rd. This latest check brought to you this early morning. 
Here on WTOP by Long Fence. Save 15% on Long Fence decks, pavers, and fences. Go to longfence.com today and schedule your free in-home estimate. Good morning. Glad you're with us on WTOP. This is WTOP News. Breaking news on campaign 2024 this morning. The Democratic Party votes this week to make South Carolina and not Iowa the leadoff presidential nominating state. Georgia and Michigan have now been added to the first five. This morning, you're Michelle Sindor, moderator of Washington Week on PBS with what this decision actually will mean. Well, you had, of course, President Biden saying that he wanted to see South Carolina be the first and then see New Hampshire and Nevada come after that. This really, in some ways, does reflect what I've sensed in the Democratic Party is a push for wanting to have more diverse states, more states that lean blue in the general election, be the states where people are paying attention to. Because, of course, in the primaries, you spend a lot of money in these states. Of course, it didn't help Iowa that there was a debacle with the new app that made the caucuses not go in the way that most would have hoped they went. There was a lot of confusion and the results were not clear for some time. So that also did not work in the favor of Iowa. I've also been to Iowa where there are a lot of Iowa Democrats who are, frankly, very disappointed in this decision. You have New Hampshire that's saying they have a state law saying that the primary presidential campaign needs to be seven days before any sort of similar nominating event. So I think it's going to be very interesting to see how this plays out. But it really just shows you, I think, the changing priorities for the Democratic Party here. Now, talking about changes in the Democratic Party, we had the big change in leadership this week in the House with New York Congressman Hakeem Jeffries uh, trying what some say is really impossible to fill the shoes of House Speaker Nancy Pelosi. Your view of uh, what happened this week with uh, Jeffries taking over? Well, this, of course, is a historic change for Democrats. Hakeem Jeffries becoming the first black person to ever become the leader of congressional Democrats in the House. And, of course, you also have Captain Clark and Peak Aguilar coming in as the number two and three in the party. And Jim Clyburn holding on after an, a challenge to remain in leadership. I think this really shows that this is a new Democratic Party. I don't know that it's going to be any more progressive because Nancy Pelosi was seen as pretty progressive. But I think what you have is just a bench of Democratic lawmakers who are eager to to see new faces and to be able to be promoted. I think it'll be very interesting to see sort of the role that Nancy Pelosi plays as her party voted to make her speaker emeritus, which is still an honorary title, but still some know that, of course, after decades and decades of helping the Democrats fundraise in record numbers and also with votes like really no other House speaker in modern history, that her guidance is going to be something that I think is going to be part of the factor of this new Democratic leadership. And of course, Hakeem Jeffries being very clear that he looks up to Nancy Pelosi. And I think one other thing I'll note is that there's a little drama this week with Jim Clyburn possibly being challenged and that being taken away and that, and that other lawmakers stepping down. But I think the idea that you see Democrats have this generational change with very little drama, it was sort of like, we know who's going to come next. It shows you also the sort of planning that Nancy Pelosi and others were doing as she was getting ready to wind down her time. Campaign 2024 continues on WTOP. That's you, Michelle Sindor, moderator of Washington Week on PBS, talking with Sean and Hillary. You are listening to 103.5 FM at WTOP.com. Tom has been a teacher for over 40 years. One day, I think one of the students had asked the question and he didn't remember the answer. And I also noticed that he was letting his class out earlier than they were supposed to let out. I was really starting to worry. Levi and I talked about how it would change our lives, but he was there beside me. When something feels different, it could be Alzheimer's. Now is the time to talk. Visit alz.org slash stories to learn more. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council. Good morning, good morning.
You're with WTOP and Dean Lane. Sports at 15 and 45, powered by Red River. Technology decisions aren't black and white. Think red. Oh, it's Saturday morning. It's a weekend, everybody. We've made it. December 3rd, 2022. Sports time at 4.15 and Frankie's turn this morning. It was a celebration of Maryland basketball on a Friday night in College Park as the Terps opened up Big Ten play with a win against Illinois 71-66. Jameer Young hits a big three late. He pumped in 24 as the Terps beat the Fighting Illini. Maryland now 8-0 and to start the season. The Wizards made it five straight losses on the road, this time at Charlotte. 117-116, down by as many as 22 points. Wiz had a chance to go ahead with about five seconds left, but Bradley Beal's jumper rims off. Beal had 33 points, a season high, but some costly turnovers late. Daniel Gafford, big night, had six blocks. Wizards also missed nine free throws. Wiz, a game under 500 now at 11-12, and 12, hosts the L.A. Lakers on Sunday. U.S. men's soccer it is now on to the knockout phase of the World Cup in Qatar. U.S. facing the Netherlands at 10 a.m. on Saturday morning. Also playing on Saturday, Argentina faces off against Australia. So baseball news, pitcher Jacob deGrom leaving the Mets signs a five-year deal with the Texas Rangers, reportedly worth $185 million. Again, good night for the Terps, knocking off Illinois, 71-66. I'm Frank Hanrahan, WTOP Sports. All right, thanks, Frankie. As always, 416, Saturday morning, December 3rd on WTOP. Prince William and Princess Kate just wrapping up their three-day visit this week to Boston, their first trip actually to the U.S. in eight years, all happening during some troubling news overseas. Back home in Britain, the royal family is working to get past a recent controversy. Lady Susan Hussey, who served as the late Queen's lady-in-waiting for 60 years, and is also Prince William's godmother, resigned after making apparently racist remarks. It's impossible to ignore that there are other big bombs dropping this week uh, in the monarchy. Yes, it has slightly overshadowed this trip, but just in terms of sort of media coverage. The Prince and Princess of Wales have spent three days trying to keep the focus on their environmental work. Michael George, CBS News, Boston. Closer to Homa County in southeast Virginia is making an unusual move to prevent anyone from taking down a Confederate statue. The Washington Post on this reports this week the Matthews County Board of Supervisors is preparing to transfer a small plot of public land under the statue to a private preservation group. The local chapter of the NAACP has threatened a lawsuit over this, over any effort, in fact, to transfer the property. About 8% of Matthews County's 8,600 residents are black. WTLP again at 417. There are a ton of traffic bottlenecks around here these days, maybe too many to count. So which ones are the worst of the worst? Don't be offended if your least favorite traffic jam isn't on the list. It was compiled by the National Capital Region Transportation Planning Board, and it includes some infamous bottlenecks like northbound on the BW Parkway approaching Powder Mill Road, DC 295 heading south at East Capitol Street. Another one is northbound I-95 at Backlick Road in the Springfield area in Fairfax County, but the absolute Absolute worst is the southbound stretch of I-95 approaching exit 160. That's the bottleneck that often starts as traffic approaches the Occoquan River, dividing Fairfax and Prince William counties. Nick Ainelli, WTOP News. Good Saturday morning, December 3rd. It's the weekend, everybody. We've made it. Welcome into WTOP this early hour, 418. Traffic and weather on the 8th, Ian Crawford's in the WTOP Traffic Center. And trying to get out of the Bay Bridge right now is a bit of a mess. And again, thanks to the callers for the updates from Route 50. This is going to be eastbound after 
Cape St. Clair. Before you get to the Bay Bridge near Whitehall Drive is where we had the crash. Apparently a truck into the median, staying right in a single file to get by with caution, making your way toward the Bay Bridge. The Bay Bridge itself, no issues pending there. All your travel aids available and passable. On the Capitol Beltway, no other issues pending. Now our earlier crash near 355 on the outer loop, long gone. On 95, no reported delays. Getting reports of a new crash now on the BW Parkway. This is going to be northbound near West Nursery Road. So beyond the ramps for I-195 and BWI Marshall Airport with caution as the first responders look for the crash there. To Virginia we go. And on the outer loop of the Capitol Beltway, we still have the work after the Legion Bridge. A left lane gets by there. The inner loop work after Route 50, Arlington Boulevard. That's also one to the left to get by. couple of minor work zones to step around on 66, both of them eastbound. Near Nut- near Sudley Road, he tried to say, it's going to be a two left lanes getting by. And then after Nutley Street, should be uh, two to the right to get by that work. See, three, uh, check that, 95 and 395. No reported delays as far as south as Fredericksburg. In the district, the continuing saga of our crash activity on the freeway. This is going to be on I-695, just past the point where you would decide whether to stay on, on 695 and continue toward the 11th Street Bridge or go off to the right toward the 3rd Street Tunnel. It is in that part that would continue on toward the 11th Street Bridge where you get by single thoughts to the left with some delays building now. People happening upon this at speed, please don't do that. Stay over to the right, or to the left, I should say, in a single file. If you need the 3rd Street Tunnel, to the right in a column of two as per normal. Ian Crawford, WTOP Traffic. Tracking rain across the region. It will be a rather rainy morning, steady at times, and then the rain shower activity will actually taper off into the afternoon, turning windy this afternoon with highs close to 60 degrees. A few isolated showers are possible into the afternoon. Sunday is going to be dry but noticeably colder with temperatures in the 40s and sunshine, near 50 once again on Monday. I'm Storm Team 4's Ryan Miller. Right now, you're waking up to 47 degrees in Rockville, a degree cooler, 46 Ashburn, 50 District Heights, 47 and holding in our nation's capital. This 4 a.m. hour, Saturday morning, December 3rd, this latest check brought to you this morning on WTOP by Nulic Home Design. The roofing experts call 1-800-279-5300. That's 1-800-279-5300, nulichomedesign.com. Check them out. Good morning. Glad you're with us here at WTOP. This is WTOP News. At 421. CBS News Brief. Hiring stayed strong in November. 263,000 jobs were created, but business analyst Jill Schlesinger says inflation is still a concern. The November jobs report, along with other data out this week, which showed continued spending by consumers, is likely to mean that the Federal Reserve will continue raising interest rates. Hate speech is on the rise on Twitter. CBS's Nora O'Donnell reports. New research finds a surge in hate speech on Twitter since Elon Musk took over the platform. Watchdog groups say slurs directed at black, gay, and trans people have spiked, while anti-Semitic content also increased. Georgia's runoff election between Senator Raphael Warnock and Republican Herschel Walker is Tuesday. Reverend Warnock has President Biden's support. One of the things about Warnock is he has real character. He's a truly decent, honorable man. The president campaigned for him in Boston. CBS News Brief, I'm Mara Rubin. Well, the holiday shopping season is well underway these days with people filling up their mall parking lots and online carts, too. But for many, shopping is actually something we do even when we don't need to. So what makes it so addictive? This morning, we turn to Alana Simuel, senior economics correspondent at Time magazine, who wrote about it. 
This is something a lot of us do, and I think the reason is because we've evolved to do this. Our brains reward us for doing this because our brains reward us for acquiring stuff. You know, with the ease of online shopping, it's very easy. I, I find myself doing this too. You need a little something, a little reward maybe, and you go online and you order something. The interesting thing that I learned is the reason that we crave those rewards is because our brains like these small, unexpected things that happen. Think about our ancestors. They were surviving on, you know, maybe meat and they found this sudden new patch of blueberries. What they learned from this was doing something a little different and finding this reward was good for their body and it felt good. And so their brains prompted them to keep doing that. I'm going to mention Amazon. Is it even more pleasurable when you don't even have to put on your jacket and drive to the store and find a parking space, but just wait at home for the present to arrive? Yeah, I mean, I would say that we've evolved to try to acquire more things and spend as little effort as possible doing so. It makes sense. If you're the caveman who can get a bunch of animals and not leave your cave, you're going to be safer than the one who has to go to the animal store. You know, I think it's also you get two rewards with online shopping. You feel good. You get that reward when you press the button to order something. And then you get another reward when it arrives at your doorstop and you get to open it. If you'd like to stop or back off a little bit. Probably cold turkey isn't the best way. What do experts that you're reading and hearing from recommend if you just kind of want to stop shopping so much and buying so much? One of the things is buy used, which can be hard for gifts. I actually did this last year. I tried to buy everyone in my family a used holiday gift. I think also looking to buy experiences instead of actual stuff. Our brains are still going to be craving something unexpected and different, but I think there are also ways to get that that isn't shopping, some sort of substitution. You know, you have to substitute something for that shopping, but maybe you can substitute something that's a little better for your wallet and a little better for the planet as well. Some of the experts I talked to said making these changes, like if you think about someone going to Weight Watchers or Alcoholics Anonymous, having connections with people who are going through these same changes as you can really help. And feeling good about what you did, feeling like you did something that was right or good for the planet, that can help too. Alana Samuels is senior economics correspondent at Time Magazine on your shopping habits, talking with our Dimitri Sotis. You are listening to 103.5 FM at WTOP.com. Washington. Breaking news happens every day. This just in from Arlington. So can you really afford to miss even a single day of WTOP? We're hearing about an incident in Bethesda. Everything you need every time you listen. WTOP News. By the closing bell, the Dow is up 35 points Friday. The Nasdaq lost 21 points. The unemployment rate in November was unchanged at 3.7%. And more than expected, 263,000 jobs were gained. The labor participation rate, or number of Americans working, fell for the third straight month. McLean-based cybersecurity company Securion plans to go public. It would be the second local cybersecurity IPO. Arlington's Leonardo DRS went public earlier this week. Jeff Claybaugh, WTOP News. Providing health care to people who need it most. That's the simple but powerful purpose behind Doctors Without Borders. We treat wounded people in war zones, care for malnourished children, and provide safe reproductive health care. We're on the ground in emergencies from Ukraine to Afghanistan. We put patients first. 
and we go where we're needed most. Because at Doctors Without Borders, we believe people deserve to be treated with compassion and dignity. We treat our patients